WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Tomorrow is an election day and there are a few local issues being decided. In Benton Harbor, the position of mayor is up for a vote with Mayor Marcus Mohammed challenged by Gwen Swanigan. There are also two commissioner-at-large positions open in Benton Harbor with four candidates seeking them. In St. Joseph, there are six candidates running for three seats on the city commission. St. Joseph will also have a new mayor once the new commission is seated and appoints one. Waterville Public Schools is seeking a $29.9 million facility improvement bond. Weesaw Township is seeking a fire department millage, and Benton Harbor is asking voters to renew the general operating millage. In Van Buren County, Ann Brown and Joseph Reeser are seeking to be the next mayor of South Haven, while there are contested races for three city council seats in South Haven. There are also contested races for city commission in Goebbels and Hartford, as well as a mayoral election in Hartford. Decatur Public Schools is seeking an $8 million bond. Goebbels Public Schools is seeking a $27 million bond. Hartford Public Schools is seeking a $22 million bond. And Lawrence Public Schools is seeking a $2 million bond. In Cass County, Election Day tomorrow is going to be quiet with only the Decatur School bond on some ballots and a few uncontested local races. The polls will close at 8 o'clock tomorrow, and we'll have the results tomorrow night. A $750,000 grant from the U.S. Justice Department will enable Michigan Works to provide re-entry services to jail inmates in Berrien and Van Buren counties. Michigan Works Director of Offender Services Steve Vareblick tells us the second chance grant means the agency can help inmates secure transportation, housing, and important documents for employment, and that's not all. We take care of financial literacy, balancing a checkbook, managing your money, financial management, simple things like that that we can kind of intervene in and leverage some of our resources to make sure that these are some of the things that they have to make employment and housing successful. Vareblick says this is the second three-year grant Michigan Works has received for reentry services, and since the program started here, it's shown Results. Our recidivism rate is well below the Michigan's average recidivism rate, so we've seen success there. We've seen success with employment. We work with employers and the job seekers to you know, make sure that they're successful in employment and, and the employers work with us to kind of help these folks get back on their feet. The second chance a grant coming to Michigan Works will allow the agency to create customized reentry plans and conduct case management with each inmate selected. Vareblick says the goal is to work with 200 inmates in the three years of the grant. Southwest Michigan got a taste of winter on Halloween, and Michigan State Police say it was a good reminder to take precautions ahead of the real deal. This is Winter Hazards Awareness Week, and MSP spokesperson Lauren Thompson tells us everyone should have their cars inspected and prepare an emergency kit to keep in the car. And that should be stocked with batteries. It should have either a battery-powered or hand-cranked radio, a flashlight, windshield scraper, jumper cables, a mobile phone charger. You want to have a shovel, blankets, a first aid kit, and some non-perishable food. Thompson says Michigan residents often think they're prepared for winter weather and then they get surprised with a severe storm. She adds it's also important to have emergency supplies in the home. That's not all. You want to have carbon monoxide detectors. It seems like every winter, whether or not here in Michigan or another state, we hear a sad story of a family who passes away by carbon monoxide poisoning. And that happens mostly in the winter. That's often the result of a generator being used during a power outage. Remember to keep generators outside and away from doors and windows. Thompson says this is also a good time to weatherize your home by eliminating drafts and having the furnace inspected. You can get more information at michigan.gov slash miready. A Buchanan woman is dead after being struck by a vehicle or riding her bicycle Sunday night. The Berrien County Sheriff's Department says it happened about 7.50 p.m. on East Galeen Buchanan Road near Wells Road in Buchanan Township. 
Responding deputies learned the 53-year-old woman had been westbound on her bike when she was hit. The investigation indicates alcohol and drugs were not involved. The Sheriff's Department says its accident investigation team is actively working to uncover all details of the crash, adding, quote, the team is committed to determining the cause of the accident. The identities of the woman and the vehicle's driver have not been released. Former Michigan Congressman Peter Meyer is making a run for the U.S. Senate. He made the announcement today. So why did he decide to throw his hat in the ring? I'm running for U.S. Senate here because I cannot stand by and sit on the sidelines uh, when we have so many large problems to tackle. And frankly, a lot of our political class seems more consumed with the day-to-day than on focusing on the long term. Uh, They're more wrapped up about what will happen in the next week than what will happen in the next 50 years. Meyer says the country needs people in office who have that long-term commitment. In the Republican primary, he faces former Congressman Mike Rogers, former Detroit Police Chief James Craig, Michigan Board of Education member Nikki Schneider, Michael Hoover, Sherry O'Donnell, Alexandria Taylor, and J.D. Wilson. There's legislation in the Michigan House to help survivors of sex assault. State Representative Julie Brixie sponsored the bills that would extend the statute of limitations, creating a two-year survival window for survivors whose statute of limitations has already expired. She says after the Larry Nasser case, legislators acted. The, the reforms they did were so terrible that just two years later, another Big Ten sports doctor was uncovered and found to have abused even more people at the University of Michigan. And those folks are still out there without access to the justice system. They can't go to court um, and have their case heard in court. Brixie says the bills would extend the age of a survivor in civil court from 58 to 52. She says 52 is the average age for a childhood sex assault survivor to come forward. And Michigan is doing its part to be better prepared for the next wildfire. Michigan Department of Natural Resources analyst Holly Tui is one of several dozen people from the DNR who have trained in the front lines at a California wildfire. She says her experience will help coordinate and assist firefighters in Michigan better contain and fight the next major wildfire in the state. We still get a lot of fires here in Michigan. I think we're right around 270 fires this year, and I think that's unexpected for a lot of people. As DNR fire prevention specialist Paul Rogers points out, out out-of-state help goes both ways. Crews from Wisconsin came into Michigan in early June to help with the 2,400-acre wilderness trail fire near Grayling. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden today delivered remarks highlighting how his Bidenomics agenda and his Investing in America agenda are addressing long-standing infrastructure needs. He also announced a massive investment in Amtrak. ABC's Karen Travers has more. President Biden at an Amtrak maintenance shop in Delaware Monday said outdated infrastructure on the passenger rail system causes significant delays. Some of the $16.4 billion in new funding for Amtrak, he announced, will go toward repairing or replacing major choke points, including Baltimore's Frederick Douglass Tunnel and the Gateway Hudson River Tunnel between New Jersey and New York. The president said the projects will reduce delays and speed up trains along the Northeast Corridor. This matters for businesses trying to get their goods to market. It matters for the parent commuting to work in the morning. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Israeli forces have severed northern Gaza from the rest of the besieged territory and pounded it with intense airstrikes overnight, setting the stage for an expected push into the the dense confines of Gaza City and an even bloodier phase of the month-old war. Already, the Palestinian death toll has passed 10,000, according to the health ministry in Hamas-run Gaza. 
The ministry does not distinguish between fighters and civilians. Some 1,400 Israelis have died, mostly civilians killed, in the October 7th incursion by Hamas that started the war. The figures mark a grim milestone in what's become quickly one of the deadliest rounds of Israeli-Palestinian violence since Israel's establishment 75 years ago. Meanwhile, the U.N. says supplies of fuel, clean water, food, and medicine are running low in the besieged Gaza Strip. Tens of thousands of Gazans in need, lying, living on a few pieces of bread each day as Israel and Hamas fight it out in Gaza Strip. Aid is only trickling into the Strip after time-consuming Israeli security checks and Egyptian bureaucracy. From 300 to 400 a day in peacetime, Gazans are lucky to receive 80 trucks during wartime. As is Gazans search in vain for safety amid pounding Israeli airstrikes targeting the terror group Hamas. The death toll is top 10,000, according to the Hamas Health Ministry. Jordan is now deliver, delivering its first aid to Gazans overnight. ABC's Jordana Miller has more from Jerusalem. In a first, Jordan airdropping humanitarian aid into the northern Gaza Strip during the fighting. King Abdullah II says the Jordanian Air Force dropped parachutes carrying medical and pharmaceutical supplies to a Jordanian field hospital. The aid mission coordinated with Israel. The IDF did not pause its fighting, we're told by officials, but did ensure the aircraft's safety. We may see more airdrops of desperately needed supplies supplies for Gazans, given aid trucks are only delivering at best 30% of what is needed across Rafa's land crossing each day. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. At a time when world sentiment has begun to sour on Israel's devastating offensive in Gaza, the vast majority of Israelis are convinced of the justice of the war. Still under rocket and missile attacks on several fronts, they have little tolerance for anyone railing against the steep toll the conflict has exacted on the other side. They have rallied to crush Hamas after its militants breached the country's borders from the Gaza Strip and triggered the war. More than 1,400 people were killed in that attack and more than 240 taken hostage. Compare Israel's population to the United States' population, and that's about the equivalent of something like 15 9-11s. Capturing the prevailing sentiment in Israel, former Prime Minister Ehud Barak said other countries would have reacted the same way to such a cross-border attack with mass casualties. Tension in the New York City courtroom today, where former President Donald Trump testified in his civil fraud trial involving the Trump Organization. He's charged with fraudulently representing the value of his real estate portfolio. Trump's been attacking the judge and speaking out of turn, leading to the judge to raise his voice and ask Trump's lawyers to control their client. Here's ABC's Jonathan Carl with more. He is campaigning as a victim, somebody uh, who has uh, uh, been mistreated by our criminal justice system and, and, and by uh, the, uh, the attorney general here in New York. Uh, this is uh, a campaign of revenge and retribution. I think it's interesting that if you look over the past couple of weeks, he has spent more time uh, in that courtroom than he has uh, out doing actual campaigning. Uh, this, is, uh, this is what he wants to be talking about. Former President Trump vigorously defending his wealth and his business as he testified in a civil fraud trial accusing him of dramatically inflating his net worth. He suggested today the New York judge hearing the case was biased against him, and he called the state attorney general who brought the case a, quote, political hack. The test the exchanges underscored Trump's unwillingness to adapt his famously freewheeling rhetorical style to a formal courtroom setting governed by rules of evidence and legal protocol. A year before the 2024 presidential election, a new ABC News poll is showing some worrisome signs for Joe Biden's hopes of winning a second term, or if maybe he's Stephen Portnoy. In addition to our ABC News Ipsos poll showing three-quarters of Americans believe the country's heading in the wrong direction, a survey from the New York Times and Siena College shows that if the election were held today, Donald Trump might win it. 
He leads Joe Biden in the poll in five key swing states by anywhere from four to ten points, cutting into Biden's support among black and Hispanic voters. Several surveys indicate voters believe Trump has better ideas about how to improve the economy. Florida is the third largest state in the nation, and yet it never has fielded a winning presidential candidate. Nationally known politicians like former Governor Jeb Bush and Senators Bob Graham and Marco Rubio have tried and failed. Former President Donald Trump changed his residence after first winning office as a New Yorker, then lost in his bid for a second term. This year, he and Republican Governor Ron DeSantis could break that slump. Andrew Jackson was Florida's first territorial governor, but it was a short stint he took on as a favor to President James Monroe. He did not run for president until he was back home in Tennessee. And female students at a high school in New Jersey are shocked to learn that pornographic images of them are being passed around by their male classmates. ABC's Jim Ryan says students, parents, and school administrators nationwide are dealing with similar situations. When New Jersey high school student Francesca Mani learned that a classmate had used an AI app in his phone to put her face on pornographic images... I just started crying because I didn't know what to do. I didn't think this could happen to me. She's one of 30 girls targeted at that school. Only a few states have laws addressing deepfake porn, and President Biden has just called for a federal prohibition on that use of artificial intelligence. Too late for Francesca Mani, who feels violated and vulnerable. I didn't think it'd be one of my classmates. Jim Ryan, ABC News. 